everyone um welcome back to rob's funk and junk episode, funk and junk podcast video thing uh podcast online i forgot even what this is anymore um how you doing uh thank you so much for everyone for the comments on last week's podcast episode video thing um let me just turn my mic up i do this in every episode let me turn my mic up there you go one two there you go so my mic is now up. Um, yeah, I sort of noticed uh, a little bit of a jump in, a little bit of a spike in views and questions and comments and all that. So I think it really makes a difference using a thumbnail on the video. Um, I don't know how many, how many, are, are lots of people listening to this podcast? They're listening to it or, um, or are they watching it on YouTube? I don't know. I don't know. It seems to be that a lot of people are watching it on YouTube, which is what I tend to do, um, really. I tend to watch stuff more on YouTube than I do. Um, I tend to watch podcasts on YouTube, and or if I'm driving in the car, I have them on, you know, just sort of playing, um, not looking at them. I sort of usually have a my sat-nav on, my, uh, my ways on, because I, I don't know where the hell I'm going unless I have that on these days. Um... Um, am I guitar still on? Yeah, I haven't played. Um, so I've been away. I was away. Um, the last week I was away in Thailand, as I mentioned, it was fantastic. Um, we had a, Paul and I, Paul Turner and I did our boom and twang retreat over in Thailand, which was awesome. Um, the studio and the facilities were amazing. And the students that came up visit us, we had such a great time. Um, yeah, and we're really, you know, we're looking at booking it again, doing it again this year, later in the year, perhaps. Um, honestly, I'm going to show you a video. I'm going to, you know, in a second, I'll cut to a video. Of, I'll, I did a little studio tour, but it was just great um, to be one. I don't know if you can hear outside. It is absolutely chucking it down with rain here. Really bad rain. Um, so it made a nice, refreshing change to be in some warm weather. Um I did get my feet got bitten to really, really badly bitten by mosquitoes. Um, I will show you a picture of that now. Um, so uh, look away if you're eating your breakfast or your lunch or, you know, you're tucking into uh, to something or you've got someone looking over your shoulder. Um, for anyone listening to this on the podcast, you won't see it, thankfully, but I'll show you it now. Why not? I'll show you it. You can have a look. I'm sure you're all built of strong stuff. Um, but my foot ended up looking like the uh, something out of the English patient or whatever, you know, a, a very bad film. It looked like something from a horror film. But it was good. And I actually, one thing, for anyone who's been bitten with uh, bitten by mosquitoes and they react badly to it, um, I used toothpaste. I put toothpaste on it. So what had happened was I'd been bitten, went to bed, it was on the, like the second night we were there. I went to bed, woke up in the middle of the night, having itched myself 
beyond recognition without knowing because I was asleep. And uh, obviously, as you know, the worst thing you can do when you've been bitten by a mosquito is itch yourself. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's it's. So I I just went to bed one night, but before I went, I just put toothpaste all over my leg and my foot, and it really took the uh, took the sting out of things. And um, I don't know whether it, there's something in it, but it draws out the poison or whatever it is they do to you. I think it's the saliva. Anyway, yeah, enjoy your breakfast. <laughs> Talking about this horrible stuff, but yeah, it was great times. The food was amazing. The students were lovely. We had a really really good time hanging out. Um, uh, sort of spending all the day sort of teaching, doing the one to doing the group workshops in the morning, then the one to ones, um, and I think everybody enjoyed themselves. Um, hi guys, if you're out there watching this, um, we laughed, we cried, we had lots of fun. And uh, we talked lots of guitar and music and life and stuff. It was really good. Hey everyone, I'm here in Thailand at a studio called Karma, um, which is in a little town called Bang Surai. Bang Surai, I don't know what it's called. Um, I've just been here doing a boom and twang retreat. Retreat? Retreat? Um, uh, just We had some students come over from, some people come over from Australia Hi guys, John, Michael, uh, Baklau, who's from Poland, uh, Hank, who's from Holland, and um, Howard, who's from Australia. We had a great three days. Paul Turner and I um, were sort of doing some workshops and some one-to-one lessons in this amazing spot. Look at this studio pool. Um, um, it has been great. It's the, it's the second time we've been here, uh, we did some recording here with with Jamura quite, quite a while ago um, for the Rock Dust Lightstar album. So the place is absolutely incredible. We've got Jim over there. Jim, sauna, swimming pool, hot tub, cold tub, um, cold plunge pool, which I only ever got in once because it was horrible. But the uh, this is the sort of main outbuilding out here. Um, and there's a hotel just across the road that the students stay in, which is really lovely as well. And I will show you just a little tour around the um, the studio here. I'm just going to go into the control room. Excuse me. God, I look really tired. So this is the control room here. It's getting a bit Blair Witch with the camera angles here, but here you go. So, yeah. It's, um, it used to have... In here, when the last time I were here, we were here, there was a big SSL room. This had a, it was a, uh, I think it was a G series SSL desk. But nowadays, with today's technology, you don't, you know, you don't really need it. Um, so after we 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 talked for three days, um, yesterday we did a kind of a writing session for Brother Strut for the band Brother Strut, and. Um, we were out there in the live room tracking. Uh, there's drums out there. I can't go into the live room because there's something going on in there at the moment. But there's, uh, you can see, drums there. Paul, myself and Steve. You know, um, we're all out there doing some, just putting down some ideas for some future Brother Strut material. Um, we just spent a day coming up with little grooves and riffs and chord sequences and, and feels. Uh, I think we got probably 10 or ten or 11 down. 
Um, but what was great is that we we're all on the floor. Oh, shit, my thumb's in the way. My hand's in the way. <laughs> Not very good at this, am I? Um, we we're all on the floor playing, throwing up ideas and then sort of fleshing them out and recording them really well. Um, but nowadays, I was, as I was saying, you don't really need the desk anymore. You can kind of use, you know, everything is pl plumbed in, guitars, bass, drums, all plugged into really high-quality preamps, um, and it all just goes straight into the Pro Tools. Um, and I think that's just the way it, it works for the guys here. I go to so many studios now where the desk is very rarely used Um I suppose it's used for mixing or doing really big sessions, but um, I think the way we did it here, it was, uh, you know, there's enough mic preamps for all the drums to go into, guitar, bass, keyboards, and everything sounds amazing. And the, the engineers that are working here are just incredible. But yeah, this is the facility that we, I mean, we're looking to do, this was our first time doing a boom and twang retreat here. So it was really, it worked out. Um, and we are planning already in planning to announce one for later this year, I think. So watch this space, but it was great. Um, it's a lovely place to spend three days. Uh, well, we're here for a week, but um, the food's incredible. People are lovely and uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. So back to the studio. Bye on these things because you get to sort of meet people and, uh, you know, you sort of, you can stay in touch with each other and it's really nice. It's really good. You sort of share a nice, uh, a nice experience together and being in the place we were just at was incredible. And, uh, after we finished that, we did a, a day's worth of recording ideas. Um, after the students left, Paul and I stayed and we were with, um, Steve Jones, who is the leader of the band Brother Strut. And, uh, we had a great, all-round incredible talented musician called Richard Craker who plays he was playing drums for us that day um, and it, the idea was we could just go into the studio all be set up ready to record and just see what comes out you know little ideas little grooves and riffs and feels um, for potential songwriting um, you know potential songwriting sketches for um, future a, fu a future brother strut album which hopefully we'll be working on this year um you know it will be sort of picking the stuff apart writing some top lines on it sort of rearranging things and then with a view to us going back out to thailand um perhaps maybe in november i don't know um go out to record but we'll be having a boom and twang retreat in um th thailand in november hopefully so That'll be great fun. Um, it's great for anyone. I mean, the people we had visiting, um, we had, I mean, what Paul and I, the reason we went over there, we thought it'd be a good idea. One is the location's amazing. The studio and the facilities are incredible, but it is also um, close to, you know, people can come over from Australia, New Zealand. We had someone visit from China. Um, we had actually someone come and visit from Poland. Um and they, you know, what the guys had done is they sort of made it into, or the students had done, they'd made it into like a five-day break, even though they're with us for three days. They, You know, they sort of get a chance to sort of have a little day around Thailand, you know. Um, 
And, you know, as you know, the food is incredible there and the weather's incredible. Um, and we did sit in the evenings and had a few beers. It was really, really good fun. Really lovely experience. Um, so, yeah, if anyone's interested, let us know. Um, but, yeah, we, we, you know, some of the subjects, a lot of the subjects that come up for me when I'm teaching is rhythm guitar stuff. So um, that's very much what I was talking about last week in the podcast, how important rhythm guitar is. Um, and you know, as we all do, I mean, some people have got into some habits of not necessarily bad habits, but just ways of playing that don't necessarily aren't perhaps helping them, um, get to the groovy place that they perhaps want to be in. So that's what we kind of were working on, uh, which was, you know, it's great, really, really good fun and, uh, enjoyable. Uh, I have had a load of questions. So I am going to read I've got more questions than I normally would get. So I'm going to get through some of these um, while I'm opening this up. I hope everyone's all right out there. And um, I really appreciate all your lovely comments and people writing in. Um, it's nice. My wife's out there prepping some dog food. Not for me. I don't eat dog food. Um, the food in Thailand was incredible. I have eaten way too much. And probably drunk a bit too much as well. So I'm having, I'm taking it easy. Um, right, first question was... Oh, someone asked about a question. Philip Neal, who asked me about the canned heat guitar part. <clears throat> um, he'd asked about... Uh, also, I'd forgotten to answer a question. Sorry, Philip. Sorry. Um, is... Could you please answer my other question regarding chorus versus phaser? There should be a versus. I think uh, it, sometimes you need a chorus. Sometimes you need a phaser. Um, I like both. Um, phaser. I use phaser quite a bit. Some, you know, especially on pink, picking parts or some strummed parts. It, it depends what 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 I'm doing. You know, um, I like both. I'm not discriminate about effects. Um, they're both very different effects to me. I really, with regards to chorus, I like the vintage chorus sound, like the CE1 um, old massive vintage chorus effect. I really love that one. Um, I love a vibrato. Um, I should do that. I should do a video on that, actually. Just do the different things based on... i get some pedals set up. I won't do it today because they're not set up. But... Um, yeah, the vintage sort of vibrato effect I'm a huge fan of, you know, the kind of wobbly thing. I love that. Um, can I show you? I'll show you. I'll show you briefly on here. I'm going to do it. I've got a quad cortex plugged in here, so I can do it on this. Can I hear myself? There you go. Right, so I have my quad cortex here. Now, I know that on one of the patches, I've got a phaser set up. Right, I've got to turn my speakers up a little bit so I might, don't want to feed back on my little microphone here. So, if I was doing like a little picking part like this. I might choose to put a phaser on like this. Thank you. 
what it does, it gives a little bit of movement, even when you're playing the dead ghosted notes. Give some movement to it, a bit of sweep to it, which I really love. So without it, with it I love that love that effect and it's great for just laying in chords yeah great effect um, what what is it I'm using I've got the um, let me turn this down a bit I've got the uh, I'm using the the uh, Quad Cortex uh, MX Phase 95, so it's supposed to be like a, a MXR phaser. Um, not particularly, I'm not particularly bothered about vintage phasers. I've got, I had some. Um, I had a, an old Phase 90. I've got, a, I had one called a Maestro phaser, which was awesome, but it was the size of a tank, um, so it wouldn't fit on any pedal boards in particularly. So I, um, I don't use that one. Um, I think Paul actually has that now. Paul Turner has it. So, yeah. So then chorus is completely different. So if I change this over to... Let me change that over to a chorus effect. Hang on a minute. Uh, change device. So if I went to like a... A vibrato is one of my favourites, right? Bit so I can hear it. Turn the rate down and turn the depth up. I love that vibrato. I love that. It's a really, really great effect. Just sort of throbs. Um, I do have a um, a vibrato pedal, a Boss one, which is uh, the Wazza version of their old vintage um, vibrato pedal, which the, the original ones uh, cost a fortune now. That, um, they're very sought after. They cost a fortune, but it's a great effect. Not something I use all the time, but if I was to do a doubling part, say I was playing a part that, that was, um, you know, a clean sound. So I was doing this, like, you know, so I had, uh, you know, a little part like this. I might um, on put that on one side, and then on the other side have maybe change the pickup, put the vibrato on. I might put that on the other side because it means that that guitar is doing something different to the one on one side, and it just means it sounds much wider, gives a little point of interest. So that's what I'd use that for. And then the other chorus I would use, um, which I use a lot, which I'm really getting into, is the, um, I have one here. I don't know if you can see it. It's, put, it's on my, I've got a real one here, a Wazza craft one, Boss Dimension C, which is based on the old stereo chorus that they used to use in the studios, the Dimension C or Dimension D. Um, very sort of 80s chorus sound. So 
There is one in here. Um, uh, what's it called? In the old quad cortex. It's a, G, a Chief DC2W, right? I think that's I think that's supposed to be a Dimension C, but um, but I use that and I really like that in stereo. That's got to be stereo for me. I won't give you a, a demonstration of that now, but it's that pure 80s tone. Um, there's a load of stuff online nowadays. Um, RJ Ronquillo did a great video on 80s guitar sounds, um, and he's a you know he's a very very good guitar player himself but he um, let me just make sure that's back to normal hang on a minute yeah that's back to normal now. i don't want to use that don't want to lose that patch um yeah he does a video on recreating that 80s sound and back then they used to stack choruses so they used to use like a um they used to use a tri-stereo chorus which was made by several different companies i don't know i never owned one there is a, a plug-in that i use of it which is really cool and then they used to use, on top of that, they used a um, either a Dimension C like this or an SPX-90 or an Eventide, um, massive H3000 Eventide um, processor, which they used to use a patch called Micro Pitch on it, which is, it takes your sound, it takes your, your guitar part sound. I can't talk today. What's going on? Um, it takes your sound and detunes one side um down minus 9.9 cents and then the other side was, was up 0.9 cents so we just create this wide chorus so that's the sound i'm really into these days um don't know why i hated it for years but now i love it don't know why so that's yeah there's no there's no phaser versus chorus for me i like both of them they're all i think you know why cut off your arm I don't prefer one. I think I would say, if anything, phaser I would use in stuff that was a little bit more funk related. Um, I used phaser on quite a lot of Jamiroquai stuff on the last album, actually. I, I used some, just for some certain picking effects. Um, uh, and chorus I use for anything that's a bit more 80s sounding. So that's that question. Um, Ash Tucker. Hi, Ash. How are you doing? Um, this might be quite a long podcast today. I don't know. How, how long have I been prattling on now? Uh, 21 minutes. Are you laughing? Ray? No, she's not laughing. I thought my wife was laughing at me in the next room. Uh, Ash Tucker says, Hi, Rob. Loving the podcast. Quick thank you to start. Skip ahead two paragraphs for the question. <laughs> no need to read this out if you'd rather not. I won't. I've already read it, actually, but thank you. Um, in one of your previous podcasts, anyway, uh, sorry, anyway, question-wise, I'm interested in how much you believe good league playing is important in building a prof the profile of a career musician. Wow. Okay. <laughs> in one of your previous podcasts, you mentioned how important good rhythm playing is. However, most of YouTubers I see will promote their playing with some kind of lead playing in their vocab. This is true. Uh, uh, a few people I know who have hired guitarists will often send me over videos of shredding or jazz licks and say, check out how good this guy is for the band. But I will always, but I always think that it's counterproductive and doesn't tell you how they will fit in ensemble wise. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I would say my lead playing is, is a bugbear. 
and I'm working on it with a great teacher currently, but it's hard not to feel like wasted time when most of my work comes from learning parts, time, feel, and songwriting. So a great rhythm player with no lead ability or great lead player with no rhythmic feel. Who gets the gig? <laughs> Am I on the right track? Um, thanks. Thanks. Keep up the good work. I'll be happily, lis- I'll be happily listening. Ash Tucker. Um, that's a great question. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Don't know. Depends. When, when you go and watch a band on tour playing you know an artist is playing with uh you know he's got a band of hired guys um most of the time they're doing a job of playing the parts on a song and that doesn't consist of lead playing a lot of the time unless it's a blues gig where there's usually a solo in most songs or unless it's an instrumental based gig um like for example snarky puppy um, or something like that. It's 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 music, music. You know, it's not necessarily songs. Well, there's songs, but but there's music. Um, where that kind of playing can be showcased. Yes, then I would say lead playing is very important. Um, I do think that lead guitar playing is the thing that attracts a lot of people. Um, you know, if you were to flick through. Instagram or TikTok, there's a load of players, amazing players, please. I'm, I'm saying this. There's some amazing players, right? Who that's the way to draw people in. That's the bit that gets people excited, especially other guitar players. But you're right, you know, it, a lot of it isn't relevant to the gigging musician. Um, I know I talked about this last week, and yeah, I, I, I stand by it, you know. I think. You know, if you think of someone, you know, let me just throw an example in. Eddie Van Halen was an amazing lead guitar player. Amazing. And also, he was an amazing rhythm guitar player, right? It just happened that he played in a four-piece band. And one of the main things about that band was his incredible soloing. And it was really exciting, really, you know, it was a big draw for people. It's a big part of that band. But actually, they also wrote songs and he played a lot of rhythm guitar in in those songs. You know, 85 to 90% was rhythm with solos in the middle, you know, um, or solos whenever the songs were, or lead fills. Um, yeah, I, I do think, you know, it is a great question. I, I do think, they're both really important, but I do think that we are seeing what we see is a huge emphasis on lead playing. Um, it definitely excites me. I, you know, I, I work on it not as much as I should, but I do work on it a lot. And, um, I think it's both are really important, but when I'm doing sessions for people playing on people's records, I very rarely get asked to play any lead at all. Any, none, you know. Usually, if I'm in a studio and someone says, oh, can you put a solo on this? I know that that's probably not going to be the sing- the, the one that they're, they're going to be using as their lead single, um, for example. There's not, you know, there's not loads of call for guitar solos on lead songs. There's guitar melodies and guitar hooks 
I think that's really important. You know, you want to be able to deliver a lead line hook if you if you're asked. Um, and I definitely think lead is, lead playing and soloing and improvising is a is an amazing art. And I think yeah, it's great. You know, it's definitely something to be working on. But if you want to work a lot and be out gigging and playing music that people punters you know audience audiences want to go and hear um it depends what the venue is it depends what the gig is you know you know i know there are lots of people who love going out and hearing people play lead guitar um i do too but i must admit that after about 45 minutes of a lead of a gig where everyone's someone's playing lead all the time i kind of my ears get a bit tired of it so you know it's great to hear it broken up with other things so um yeah i don't know whether i've answered that i'm probably going to have pissed off a lot of people um but actually i you know i stand by it. i think rhythm guitar is really really important if you want to be a working guitar player um there is obviously the working guitar player who plays a lot of lead and you know that that's you know it's a big thing it's a, it's a niche thing um, and it is the thing that draws people in. You know, you think of all the amazing lead players. I don't want to say any because I don't want to miss any out. But, you know, the ones that come to my mind now out there at the moment are um, oh, Mattia Sassato. Please don't. You know, I'm going to get I'm going to miss some people out. So don't uh, don't ever go at me. Uh, Mattia Sassato, uh, you know, um, Mark Lucieri, uh I'm, I'm nervous now because I don't want to miss anyone out. Mike Landau, Steve Lukather, uh, Nuno Betancourt, uh, Matthias, M- Matteo, um, the other chap from Italy who's incredible, does all the finger stuff. Larry Carlton, um, Jeff Beck. They've all, they all do a different thing. They all play lead in a different way, right? I think there's definitely space for that, you know, so, um, but they also, play really good rhythm as well all right so you know i think hopefully i've answered your question um i'm gonna do um, how long have i been chantering away um i've got loads here so hi rob this is from danny werner music danny werner in nashville greetings and thanks from nashville nashville wow okay cool um Hi, Rob. Just wanted to shoot a quick message to say thank you for the podcast. I've been loving it and binged all 33 episodes in the last week. Okay. Lots of coffee. Lots of coffee to keep you awake. Uh, I think I may have listened, may, may have first learned about you from a funk guitar lesson that you did in the mid 2000s in a guitar techniques magazine. Might have been guitarist. Uh, I forget which one. You may have taught me how to play octaves in, with that lesson. Um, I always had a hard time muting the strings in the middle. Um, like this, you know, this one, where you play, you know, this, where you're playing your, you know, you're playing a note on the D string, a note on the B string, and you use your first finger to deaden out. Yeah, I do that all the time. Um... We may also have a mutual friend in Dudley Ross. Yes, hi Dudley. Well, 
say hi to Dudley for me. Um, I saw he had you on the on the tribute to Jeff Beck Jeff Beck show. Would love to have been seen it, but unfortunately, I'm living across the pond. Actually, I didn't do that gig in the end. I could, I wasn't able to make it. Um, I know on the quad cortex you're using the capture of your divided by thirteen fantastic amps. I have the CJ eleven. Um, they are amazing amps. I haven't played the CJ eleven, but that actually this is what you're hearing now is my that's my um it's a capture of my ft37 um i do a lot of sessions recreating tracks for karaoke or sound alike versions i find myself in a similar situation to yourself at times i would love to track with my amps but due to needing to work quickly find myself uh sorry but i can't read um, but due to needing to work quickly, I find myself working completely in the box more often than not. I'm always looking for new things to make my track sound more real, like a mic'd up cabinet. Been experimenting with the front end of my amp going into the power section and IRs on the Brainwork Fuchs ODS plugins lately. Okay, I've done that. I did that last week. Um, curious to know if there's anything particular you like to use. Uh, if you ever find yourself in Nashville, I'd love to see you come and see you play. Also, urge you to go and check out Guthrie Chuck on a Monday night at the Underdog if you ever have the chance. I would love to go and see him. Um, he's amazing. And um, yeah, he's great. Really good. Um, really love the podcast and YouTube content. As long as you're putting it out, I'll be listening. Oh, thanks, Danny. Thank you very much. Um, so I have been going recently through a different thing. I'm using my Quad Cortex now. I very rarely record with that in my studio. I did. I used it on the session when I was in Thailand, and it does the job great. I would always much rather have my amps with a room full of amps, but I completely understand why um, why you don't use it. You know why it's hard to switch between sounds quickly. So what I have started doing, I bought um, a Fuchs, uh, not Fuchs, um, a Fryet. <laughs> A Fryat power station, which is set up right up here. Um, and all my amps go through a Cahayan amp switcher. They're all plugged in all the time. And I have a cabinet down the back of the room with a Royer mic and a SM57 on it. Um, and I use the Fryat power station to turn my amps down so I can record all times of day and night. At a, at a listenable volume I've, I've been recording with headphones on um it means i'm moving the mic around to get different tones because i've got the freedom of time to do that um if i can't use my speaker all i do is i unplug the speaker and i come out of the back of the power station and because i'm using um luna as my software as my daw rather than pro tools or logic or studio one or cubase what I do is I load in the PT100, Sir PT100 amp, and I bypass the power amp and the preamp only using the speaker IR bit of that thing, which means that I can record um, without any latency and get the guitar sound into the um, into my recording. And then if I need to, and then I can, choose other irs later on i don't think luna's not got it together to have really good irs that you can you you know can switch um because probably because they've got their oxbox um which I, I i have got but i must admit i haven't been using it a lot lately so 
maybe thinking about selling it if anyone's interested in my Oxbox. Drop me a line if you are. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing lately. But I am pretty easygoing. It doesn't need to be... Sometimes if I need to work really quickly and get the thing down, I will use a plug-in. Um, most of the time I will use my amp and I'll also use the quad cortex. I'm not a hard and fast, it's got to be this way or no way at all. Um, but that's what I do. So, um, yeah, I have got some more questions to answer, but I will get to these because I've been talking a very long time. Uh, 35 minutes of me boring you stupid um but thank you so much for all your comments and uh, your messages i'm thinking about a way to sort of do things a bit differently on here um because i don't know if this is a podcast or not i'm a bit confused by the whole thing but i'm just getting into a flow getting into a flow because it's quite weird if you don't if i come in here some days i might not be in the mood to talk so I was going to do it yesterday, but I was a bit tired, a bit jet lagged, and I had some, you know, sort of uh, other shit going on that I had to deal with. And I just wasn't, by the time I got down to sit down and talk, I just didn't feel like it. I was like, I'm not going to be my sprightly, boring self. So I didn't do it. So um, I am thinking of doing um, some lesson content on here um, because I get, I'm getting asked to teach a lot of things. So, um, and it's great that people want to learn a few things from me, but um, it's quite. Um, I had a really long conversation with um, uh, Mr. John Cordy yesterday, who's a, an amazing player. Um, and after I, you know, finished gushing to him on the phone about how great his channel is and how much I love his playing, I was asking him some questions about how do I do it, you know, doing some lesson content, because people, I'm getting. Lots of people asking me about doing some lesson content on here, but it is quite time consuming doing a video where you're doing a lesson. I find it. I know other people don't, but I find it quite time consuming. So it's getting the time to do it um, and perhaps working out a way to do it. You know, perhaps I can do a little bit of a, uh, a video course on different subjects, which I can then put up on a little Google Drive but charge for it, you know, charge a very small amount for it. Not, you know, not crazy money, charge a very small amount um, so that it's worth it, worth doing it, you know, because otherwise I can be teaching for hours and hours, spending hours and hours doing a video, uh, taking away the time that I'm doing sessions or adding to the time that I'm doing sessions and learning stuff for gigs. Um, and I might do that. I've just got to get my head around it. But uh, let me know if you'd be interested in that kind of stuff, because if you are, then I'll, I'll be like, yeah, great. I'll do it. Um, but some people would be like, well, why should I pay for it? Um, but yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting my head around at the moment. And because I'm, you know, I'm a technophobe. I know how to work these things and I know how to work these things, but, but the camera bit is the scary bit and all the video editing shit is the scary bit. So, and, uh, I got, you know, I did, I did that a, a little while ago and I, I did find I was getting myself tied in knots. So, if anyone's interested, I'm definitely up for doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, great. Well, look, also, if anyone's got any any uh, more questions, I will get to the other questions as well because they're all here in my email box or leave me some comments on the the page on my YouTube channel. Drop me a comment, say hi, and I'll, I'll try and get back to you. Um, but failing that, not failing that, what am I talking about? 
Um, see, this is jet lag kicking in. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, it's goodbye from me.